0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another week, another episode on Circling the Rabbit Hole podcast with me, Dr. Claire Kinuthia, a safe space as you've come to know it for more difficult, more sensitive conversations, conversations around topics that we still consider taboo, but we're trying to normalize them so that we can have them in a more open manner so that hopefully we start to see positive change in our communities and in the society. Today, we're going to talk about something uh, that you may think you know, but we're changing it up a little bit for you. We're going to focus specifically on adolescent sexual and reproductive health and rights, specifically even more so to do with puberty and menstruation. But the angle we're going to approach it from is not necessarily the physical only, because we tend to talk about physical changes that happen to young girls and boys as they mature into adulthood. Instead, we're also going to combine and look at issues to do with the psychology around puberty and the changes that are happening, how best to support your teen during or your preteen and teen during these phases, and also how to have conversations to prepare them for the changes that are coming, and it's an expert conversation because I'm joined by a colleague in the field um, will confuse you a little bit because our fields are very similar. <laughs> but I'm here with Dr. Jerry, and as always, as is the fashion on this podcast, I'll ask you to introduce yourself fully, job titles and everything. And then, Ooh. fantastic thing is that you also have a podcast. Yeah, this is beautiful, wonderful. So we get to hear about that as well. Okay. So please introduce yourself for the audience.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Claire. Let me say Dr. Claire because it's an
0: expert <laughs> conversation.
1: Um, thank you so much for having me. My name is Dr. Jerry Karia Jahe. Mm-hmm. I'm an adolescent medicine specialist. There we go. <laughs> and I'm a consultant pediatrician. <laughs> right. Um, and so an adolescent medicine specialist is a pediatrician who has subspecialized mm-hmm. or Gone into extra training to take care of teenagers. So mm-hmm. those are from ten to nineteen years. Mm-hmm. If you're thinking about WHO definition, definition. like being very strict, yeah. Um, and it can extend beyond the nineteen years when you think about young people mm-hmm. up until the age of twenty-four. Mm-hmm. So that fifteen to twenty-four. So there's a bit of an overlap.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. Specifically in our context in Kenya, it's ten to eighteen-year-olds mm-hmm. because that's where a lot of pediatric care sort of transitions then to to adult adult, care. Um, I am fortunate to work in an institution that extends to age 21. So I take care of those from 10 to 21 years of age. So that's what I do in my day job.
2: Mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. Um, I, like you mentioned, I do have a podcast. Mm -hmm. My podcast is called the Fellowship Safaris Podcast. Mm -hmm. And Fellowship Safaris is listening to the stories and experiences of different doctors. Mm -hmm. And if different medical experts who've gone through various training so that you can understand the behind the scenes of mm, what we what go the journey through, actually
0: looks like. yeah, what yeah. the journey
1: looks like, yeah. the kind of sacrifices that have been made, the mm-hmm. kind of compromises that have been made to improve the healthcare yeah. that we provide on the continent and around the world, and mm-hmm. especially for people of color. Right. So that's what the uh, podcast is. Okay. So you can find us on um, Spotify or wherever you find your podcasts, mm-hmm. as well as YouTube, um, we have Fellowship Safaris, mm-hmm. Instagram Fellowship Safaris, Fantastic. Um, and X, sorry, Fellowship safari. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. So all the young doctors who reach out to me asking about training and specialization and what that journey looks like, I would highly recommend this podcast because, again, it's a very niche topic, but it's so relevant. People need to hear the actual behind the scenes. You sort of know what to do to apply. You mm. know what to do to pass your exams, you know how to study, you know, you know, you sort of, that's part of our training from very early on. What you don't know is the story, the reality, qua ground. (laughs) What did you actually go through when you went to India? Or if you studied in the UK or in the US, if you studied locally, what does that look like? So I really do enjoy your podcast already. Thank you. Thank
1: you. Thank you so much. (laughs) And I would
0: highly recommend it to everybody who may be watching. Again, we'll put all the details in the description box below. Um, So just to get us started on the conversation, as always, as with experts, we'll try and do our best to keep the jargon out. If we slip up, we'll correct ourselves because... (laughs) Madactari to Konashida.
1: We like complicated <laughs> we like language. Com- yes,
0: Latin. The Latin is what we go for. It's um, taking us so
1: long to learn it. It's
0: true. It's true. So you have to flex it everywhere you go. <laughs> um, yeah. let's start with the definitions. So how would you define adolescence?
1: So adolescence is that transition space between childhood and adulthood. Mm -hmm. And when we think about that transition, there's the physical, which Mm -hmm. a lot of people are very familiar with. Mm -hmm. There's emotional, Mm -hmm. um, and we'll talk a bit more about that, and also psychosocial. Mm -hmm. So how you interact with the world and how the world interacts with you as you're transitioning through.
0: Right. And then what about puberty?
1: Mm. So puberty is more specifically the physical changes Mm -hmm. that do happen in that transition from childhood to adulthood. Strictly speaking, to prepare you to be um, reproductive um, as an adult, however... Also in the mix is also ways to keep you healthy longer if you do the right things Mm -hmm. in that decade of Mm -hmm. 10 to 20. Or if you're very strict, if you hear people talk about 10 to 24, Mm -hmm. some of the things that you do in that time that then transition and have an impact in your adulthood. Right. Mm -hmm.
0: I like that you've actually given a timeline. It's a decade. It's actually 10 years of your life at minimum, of course. Mm -hmm. And it's yet, it's something that we barely talk about. You just get told this and this will change. (laughs) And that's about it. Mm -hmm. So it's the narrative we're trying to change now by having these conversations. But then do you think it's important that we start to call it what it is, especially so, because I feel like even the, the moves to try and get sexual reproductive health education in the school systems is already still getting a lot of pushback mm. um, from the religious leaders, the political leaders. What What's your opinion? Because it seems like we don't want to address this issue. It's a decade of someone's life. We don't want to address it for what it truly is.
1: Mm. That's an interesting question. Um, I think because there are so many things involved in that decade mm. that... Um, I want to say historically or culturally, we don't talk about in public spaces. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so because of that aspect of it, you end up throwing out the baby with the bathwater. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so the other things that people really do need to know mm-hmm. don't come to the forefront right. or they are talked about only in particular places, behind certain doors,
2: mm-hmm.
1: with particular groups mm-hmm, only.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I, um, while on the one hand, we've grown up, In the society we've seen how culture plays into every aspect of our lives i feel like because of some of those aspects is what has impacted what we can and cannot talk about Mm. that being said um i i am getting i'm forever impressed with how Mm. more parents are just willing Mm They've seen the like box and they're like, "I am stepping out because now I need to yeah. get uncomfortable yeah. and now start having actually conversations. Want
0: to have these conversations. I want to have yeah. these
1: conversations, and so many parents are getting there, mm-hmm. but then now, unfortunately, there are not enough people to guide them mm-hmm. because you've been taught only one True. way. You're, you've seen your parents doing it one, one way, way. Yeah. but now shifting to actually." Mm-hmm. You know, just get out of that comfort space and yeah. comfort zone yeah. and have real conversation is something that I'm finding a lot of people being courageous to want to, to, want
0: do, to do, but
1: not have enough resources True. to support to them. To support them. Mm. Because
0: again, how can you teach anyone anything if you didn't learn? That's the reality. We yeah. have a certain, it's always a running joke among age mates and even people like age sets. Is that what we were? Bigger, wider, mm-hmm. around your age. Mm. How for us, reproductive health was... The minute they see your breast sprout, you're now told if you talk to boys, you'll get pregnant. And that's the end of sex ed. Welcome, done. Welcome and (laughs) done. Yeah. Uh, Your period, half of the women will tell you your period was something that happened at you. It attacked you. No one prepared you for it. You didn't even know it was coming. You didn't understand what had happened. Then you didn't know how to talk about it because Mm -hmm. this is not something we talk about at home. We don't talk about our private Parts, yes. our private things. Yeah. So even that in itself left us really unprepared mm. ourselves. And then now I'm a parent and you want me to somehow <laughs> find the words, find the resource, find the knowledge right. to have this conversation with my children. Already, it requires that we, like you said, sit in your space, accept that maybe I don't know. And then we try and assist in finding those resources so that you can learn and then unlearn. <laughs> it's a lot for us to learn. Unlearn. and unlearn. <laughs> Yes, and then build resources that you can help children with yeah. along the way as well. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe now, if more specifically towards puberty. If we look at the boys, puberty being the physical changes, mm-hmm. what's the normal? What's the transition? What do we expect to see physically for young boys?
1: Okay, so uh, puberty for boys um, starts out with something that people don't typically see, mm-hmm. see rather, mm-hmm. which is testicular enlargement. Mm-hmm which is something that, I mean, you don't go around checking, checking right. um, in in a boy's boxers. Yeah. So that's usually the first like sort of thing that happens. Mm-hmm. So um, unlike girls where the first thing is breast buds that mm-hmm. you see, mm-hmm. for boys it's uh, increasing of the the testicular size. size yeah. um, and then once that happens, then now we start to see um, – uh, after the yeah sorry after they get uh, testicular size, then now they start getting pubic hair mm-hmm. and axillary hair mm-hmm. and that is signaling to us that their testosterone levels are going, are up, going up And yeah. the places that are most sensitive to testosterone are the ones that react first, which is axillary, which is under the armpits mm-hmm. and then the pubic area mm-hmm. And then after that, the other things that we don't typically see, um, they continue to have enlargement of the penis mm-hmm. and and continual growth of the testes. Mm-hmm. So um uh, i always tell patients and, and and this is really important that we would like to examine you
2: mm-hmm.
1: i recognize that i'm a female physician mm-hmm. and usually one i seek permission number two i always have a parent or um, a chaperone, um, a chaperone yeah. in the room yeah. if they're not comfortable with me examining i actually look for a male physician mm-hmm. who's able to do like a comprehensive genital examination mm-hmm. and be able to tell me what pubertal stage they're at. Mm-hmm. So those are the physical changes that we start to see. Mm-hmm. Um, then as they um, move along, once those have started, mm-hmm. then now uh, we start hearing about something called wet dreams. Mm-hmm. And so um, as they're continuing to grow, there's the, uh, what would be an ejaculation mm-hmm. for a grown man. Mm-hmm. But then as they're starting out, they'll wake up in the morning and sometimes uh, uh, adolescent boys will come and tell us in the hospital, um, there's something wet and sticky that I find mm. in my boxers mm. or my briefs in the it's morning. It's not
0: necessarily conscious for them. Yeah, yeah. it's not
1: conscious for yeah. them. And they're like, eh, did I pee? Yeah. What is happening? What is this? Yeah. And usually having that conversation with them and saying, No, it's normal. And the older they get, the less the wet dreams do happen. Mm. Um, and so that's the other thing that happens. Mm-hmm. The other important thing that's going on is their growth. Mm-hmm. So I know in the books we're told shoulders get broader, mm-hmm. voice gets deeper, mm-hmm. which is true. Yeah. And in addition to that, the the muscles in the body are growing. Mm. So that means from in out. The, one of the muscles that we keep forgetting is the heart. The heart. Yeah. the heart is growing. Yeah. And then also the muscles and the bones are starting to grow. Mm. So at some point for some boys and girls, you'll find that they have really... Oddly long mm-hmm. hands and mm-hmm. legs sometimes compared to
0: the rest of com- the compared yeah. to the rest of the ratio, <laughs> yeah.
1: um, but then that sort of evens out mm-hmm. with time, mm-hmm. and so um, so they end up having the skeletal growth, and then they get what is called the growth spurt. Mm-hmm. So while all these things are happening, first a lot of those things happen, then they get the growth spurt. Mm-hmm. Um, versus girls where. They'll have their breast development, Mm -hmm. then get their period, then get a growth spot. Mm -hmm. So, class four, class five, personally, I was a really tall girl. Like, I had my growth spot. Right. um, (laughs) And I remember this one friend of mine who used to reach my shoulder. Oh, wow. um, And and then we went to high school and we go on one of these socials. And one morning, she's just this guy (laughs) is. Up there, now I'm now bam- you're the his shoulder. Yeah.
0: So I always
1: remember that, you yeah. know, the way when we are thinking about how do we do revision for yeah. these things. Yeah. So I always remember that as a very clear because my growth spot happened in class four, five, mm-hmm. and his growth spot happened like in form two, right? Form three, okay. yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So suddenly it went from hey, you guy, to um, <laughs> you guy, how
0: did this happen? How did this why happen? am I addressing you in this direction? What is happening? Yeah, so yeah. that's
1: what I can say. Um uh it typically happens with boys. Boys,
0: yeah. And what about girls? We've mentioned a few but yeah. like stage-wise what do we expect to see for girls?
1: Yeah, so very crudely
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh boobs, pubes, bone flow.
0: <laughs> very Yo, crudely. Say that again. <laughs> I was boobs. today years old also. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the
1: flow of the different things. So b- boobs. boobs.
0: Where were you when I was passing exams in med school? You cramming, passing. Cramming. You were I okay, you were
1: passing. <laughs> that's the- you are passing the examination
0: <laughs> say so, that again
1: boobs, boobs pubes, pubes bone bone flow flow yeah. i like that i was taught by a friend of we mine mean, when i was learned. doing my fellowship yeah and i was just right. like
0: where are you I, yeah I had the exactly same where were you when i was struggling yeah. with my residence exactly
1: <laughs> so we expect first the breasts to grow so mm-hmm. the breast buds mm-hmm. and then within um a short period after that um we expect pubic hair to start, Mm -hmm. um, and armpit hair. hair, And then after that, you expect a period. So usually we tell, the way we look at it is within six months to one year, Mm -hmm. um, after your breasts have started budding, Mm -hmm. then we would expect a period to come after that. Um, And why we say, uh, and in between that, we have bone, meaning the growth spot. Yeah, the growth
0: spots And
1: um, so you'll have a girl who's... um, Breasts have come out. Her, her pubic hair started growing. She has a bit of a growth spurt mm. and then her period comes. Mm-hmm. So, and when I think about it, I'm really sorry. I'm oversharing today, but when <laughs> that's what we are here for. <laughs> <laughs> no, because when I think about it, in yeah. class four, settled so you growth mm. spurt. Yeah. and then having hair in places that I was just like, but why? But why also? Why there? <laughs> um, and then now after that is when I, you know, had my period in like class five. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay. and then now trying to deal with that yeah. um, and, and, you know, bless my mom. She was like, oh, it has started. It was a bit of a ceremony. And yeah. I was like, why is there a ceremony? But she was very kind yeah. um, and at least was able to walk me through what's supposed to happen. Mm. So that's what we expect for, for, for girls. girls. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And
0: then when we talk about menstruation, because again, it sounds like a big word. We have all sorts of nicknames under the planet. For it, yes. but then medically speaking, how would you define menstruation?
1: So medically speaking, it's when there's blood and tissue that comes out of the uterus mm-hmm. through the cervix, out the vagina, out the body.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: Um. That's just a, simply put. Yeah. Um. And it and it tends to happen in a cycle. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'm 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 always amazed. As we continue to learn about the human body, how much our bodies rely on rhythm. Mm-hmm. It's not just our heartbeats; mm-hmm. it's sleep, mm-hmm. it's um, periods, yeah. it's even, even
0: our eating patterns. Our eating patterns,
1: yeah. and even as young people are growing, mm-hmm. um, for them to be able to grow properly, there has to be a certain rhythm yeah. of some of the hormones that are going on in the brain yeah. in order for you to be able to grow as you're expected to. True. So that rhythm piece yeah. is is something that we want to see what your rhythm is because mm-hmm. no, two, no two girls are exactly, well, exactly the same. The same. Um, but we want to see what your pattern is. Yeah. And then when we see what your pattern is, we're able to pick out what is normal or mm-hmm. within the range of mm-hmm. normal versus yeah. the one that would have us concerned.
0: Concern, yeah. yeah. Um, I like that also that you mentioned in the changes happening to a girl yeah. during puberty, menstruation is the last one. So this conversation with your daughter should not happen at menstruation. That one. A lot has been happening <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> before then. Yes. And th- so it's important to highlight to parents that don't necessarily wait for physical cues. We are seeing puberty earlier now, coming on earlier for children now than you know. It keeps saying our time and feel prehistoric. That's fine. <laughs> I <laughs>
1: have accepted my age. Um. I feel
0: like wait, Claire the <laughs> dinosaur is speaking. <spooky." laughs> historically, yes, historically, um, puberty was not as early as we are seeing now, and there right. are many factors that have led to that. But then, just waiting for physically that your daughter to have her period is very late in the game yeah yeah yeah. and I think it's important for us to start those conversations as early as possible in as comfortable a language as possible for your child correct for you and your child Mm. and again people ask when should we bring our kids in I think if you're struggling with this conversation the time is now (laughs) just come in simply say this consultation is conversational I just need guidance and information and information right. and we'll sit here together and we'll learn together. Right. And we pick up on the way we'll pick up this conversation at home. Yeah. Um, so I, I'll switch back to boys. Mm. We talk about um, physical changes of boys. We're talking about them here. We don't yeah. talk to them about them. I don't think I remember a scenario where until so culturally it happens when initiation happens right. during the ceremony of becoming a man during mm. the time where if it's physical, it's circumcision. But some other communities, it's more cultural yeah. ceremony. That's when they get the talk around manhood. Yeah. But it's not necessarily about physical changes. Um, how would you suggest we change that approach in terms of approaching conversations with boys around puberty? Yeah,
1: yeah. It's interesting that they have a place where they get talked to, Mm -hmm. to begin with. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I don't think for a lot of girls, and I know we're talking about boys, and I'll get back to boys. For a lot of girls, there's no space to be able to have that conversation. So they have this week Mm. where they go wherever it is they go, whether mm-hmm. it's in the hospital mm-hmm. or a camp. Mm-hmm. And then they either get the cut and get talks the rest of the week mm-hmm. or get talks for a couple of days and then, and then get, get the get, cut. Yeah. And usually when I ask some of my patients, I'm like, what do you remember from this conversation? Yeah. I'm now a man. Okay. okay. Well, what, what does that does mean? That
0: mean? Yeah. I now
1: have responsibilities. I'm supposed to take care of people in the home. Mm.
0: Great. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and you know, and what anything else? Anything
0: about you and your yes, body,
1: and your body, and <laughs> anything else. Mm. And so, some uncles will, you know, some uncles, some mentors will take that extra step and initiative. Mm. And the and the reality is, especially for boys, you want to talk to them about hygiene. Mm-hmm. You want to mention that. Once you're starting to have the armpit and the pubic hair mm. on the inside of this that skin there, mm. there's also a change that's happening. Yeah. The sweat that never used to smell when you were a child, that's now that's we can right. smell it. Yeah, and what does that mean in yeah. terms of your personal hygiene? Yeah, and personal hy- hygiene is a big thing that's emphasized for girls, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. for boys, is a manly smell. Mm. Is what I keep hearing. People saying, I'm really sorry. (laughs) It's true. It's true. I'm reacting because it's so true. like, yeah, yeah, now you smell like a man. You smell like a man.
0: Like, no, you you smell like you need to shower. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's what that is. What is that manly smell? Yeah, what is that? (laughs) Yeah.
1: But then you actually want to tell them about that personal hygiene. Mm. For those who've not yet gotten circumcised, Um, you want to start talking about hygiene earlier than that because Mm. before the foreskin is removed, you need to talk to them about how to clean that Mm -hmm. area. Mm -hmm. It's not just like uh, washing hands where you just water.
0: And especially not once the wet dreams begin right? because this is a different type of washing compared to before. Yeah,
1: Yeah. and it's a a gentle washing. It's teaching them what they're actually supposed to be doing. But if you don't tell them, a lot of them... um, will not take the initiative mm. to clean themselves mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. they've not been shown. And to be fair, if you can't see it, yeah. for a lot of people, they don't know.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so you have to actually tell them, okay, push the skin back gently, clean mm. just with plain water, mm. and then continue with the rest of your hygiene. Yeah. So that's one thing that for a lot of um uh, boys and young men, they miss out on that. Mm-hmm. Or they get the information from a woman, mm-hmm. which is awkward for them. Oh, and I've. True. I've had conversations where my male patients are like, this is weird. I'm being told by a girl. And you're like, first of all, thank you for thinking I'm a girl. (laughs) But then (laughs) also the fact that it's not, you've not had a conversation with any male figure in your life about this particular thing Mm. for me is something that we need to change. The other thing that we do need to change is, um, or rather adjust Yes, there are certain elements in gender roles mm-hmm. that we do talk about, which mm-hmm. is which is great. Um, however, now we need to be more sensitive about what those gender roles mean in terms of your individuality and mm-hmm. your autonomy, mm-hmm. and what the gender role uh, means in the context of things like consent. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's interesting because uh, for the longest time, I'd, I have. Um, cousins who are told, you know, they were not really checked on exactly when they came home, the male cousins. Right. But for us, we had to be home at a certain time. Yeah. You have to come home
0: yeah.
1: when the sun is still
0: up, up. Yeah.
1: it's for your safety.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then flip side, on for the guy, you can defend you can, yourself. Yeah, so you uh, can
0: play until the moon is yeah. shining time. Yeah. So... <laughs>
1: Uh, the conversations about what gender roles are. Mm. And and this starts from when they're very concrete. What we say very concrete in pediatrics is when when children are very rules-based, mm-hmm. they follow things very strictly, mm-hmm. that's a great time to start pointing out gender roles mm-hmm. in terms of, oh, what do you typically see boys doing? Or mm-hmm. what do you typically see your dad doing? Mm-hmm. Versus what do you typically see your mom doing? Mm-hmm. Um, And it's interesting because like my daughter, mm-hmm. any money she gets, mm-hmm. she takes it to her father. <laughs> I'm not like, to mommy. I'm like, you just <laughs> did you what's just happening? bypass me.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's
1: small things like that. Yeah. And she understands that girls wear dresses mm. and boys wear trousers. Mm. And and right now I know in the world there's a lot of things happening with gender norms mm. and um identity. Yeah. But then just just looking at it very simply without going into, um, um, going very granular. Just looking at it from that perspective Mm -hmm. and start having those conversations. What are the ones that you notice? Mm -hmm. What are the ones you like versus Mm -hmm. not like? Mm -hmm. And have a conversation. Then fast forward, kidogo. Mm -hmm. Now you start having the question about consent. Mm -hmm. What does yes mean? Mm -hmm. What does no mean? Mm -hmm. So that now you have, Boys and girls mm-hmm. who are looking for the yes instead of always just hearing out for the no. Mm-hmm. Like you're willing to go and then you just say, but the person never said no. Yeah, yeah. But you're always seeking out the As yes, yes yeah. every step of the way. Mm. And unfortunately, the consent conversation, I think I first had a consent conversation in university.
0: True. Me too. Consent, what is that? <laughs> We're still explaining it to adults now. Yes. Right, Because yeah. it's not a conversation we used to have at all. Correct. It's not even a thing that I think... I honestly will go as far as to say that it wasn't even a thing in society that consent was something you were supposed to seek. <laughs> because Con- yeah. the woman saying no is an option. How is... Sorry? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How is that an option? How is right? that an option? Mm. And then
1: also the other way to think about consent is for those under the age of 18 in Kenya mm. where children mm. were to be seen and not heard. True. And mm. so... When you start asking mm-hmm. and seeking permission from people who've been told when adults are in the room...
0: Children should not be heard. Zip. Yeah.
1: Children should not be had. Mm. Um, and I used to find that very interesting because my parents really let us talk mm. and really express ourselves. Yeah. But then I used to code switch when I go and visit yeah, some course. people yeah. because, hey, yeah. no, you don't... You can't act the same as nah, the nah, way nah. you do at home. You yeah. can't just talk. Yeah. You just can't come at my folks like that. Yeah. You can't just respond... I'm not and I'm responding responding to to, an opinion. (laughs) Even that. So going from that and then teaching people consent concerning their bodies Mm. is going to be a shift that it's going to be a work in progress. It's not impossible and people are out there starting to do it. But that's something that we have to be very mindful of. Mm. And when we're thinking about those consent conversations with a changing body, mm-hmm. which you yourself are like, this is an alien situation yeah. where suddenly I have things growing out of places. Yeah. I was not. Like, I read about it, but yeah, I was but not I was ready. Not, yeah. Like, because there are times I'd have people come and say, I have boob pain. Who asked for boob pain? <laughs> I don't mind
0: the boobs, but why, pain? <laughs> why do I have pain? Yeah. Why do I have to have pain? I mean, there's some girls who literally back pain became synonymous with boobs. Yes. Because again, if you, they were bigger, your back turns into a slave automatically, but nobody has ever taught you how to manage that, yeah. what kind of support your bros should offer you, you know, things, simple things, conversations. Simple
1: conversations. Yeah. And then even again, back to boys, nobody ever tells them that you're having hormones surging through you in your mm-hmm. teen years, excuse me. <clears throat> and so that means that you could grow boobs mm-hmm. in your teen years, mm-hmm. something we call gynecomastia, sorry. Yeah. we've not a, uh, <laughs> a, a coward. <laughs> but yeah. because of those hormonal changes, mm-hmm. some boys' breast tissue does get impacted and mm-hmm. they have what looks like a growth of the tissue, mm. but then it's not sustained. And yeah. for a lot of them, 40 to 60% of them, it will resolve. Yeah. Yeah. They'll get it, but it will resolve. Yeah. There'll be like a 4% of them. Who it persists on requiring either medication or requiring surgical correction. Yeah, yeah. But for the ma- vast majority, mm. it's going to go down. Yeah. But again, you've never had that conversation before. Yeah. Neither has
0: be your parents. So when yes. they see it, everybody panics.
1: Everyone panics. Yeah. Or they see it and the father is like, Nam yes, I was mm, once here. Mm. But because I outgrew it and nobody talked right, about it, yeah. I didn't think okay to yeah. mention it. Yeah. And so those those sorts of conversations and just seeing how much it's impacting them. So I'm always asking young people, how do you feel about your body and mm-hmm. how it's changing? Mm-hmm. And some will be like, yeah, it's fine, I've accepted. And, but there are those ones who are just like, this is not what I signed yeah, up for. Yeah. I'm not comfortable with this. Yeah. I don't like this. Yeah. And creating a safe, healthy space for them to at least air that is really important.
0: True. Yeah. True. Um, when it now comes, if we broaden the topic now to across the board for both boys and girls, how important do you feel the conversation around so cross pollinating? You're teaching me about my body. I know nothing about the boy's body Mm. and the changes that he's going through. I have brothers in the house. I have a dad. I have men in my environment and vice versa. Mm. We'll teach boys if, if this is again, let's assume, (laughs) let's assume we've improved things. And now we are talking to girls about the changes that will happen to them Mm. and boys about the changes that will happen to them. But we don't cross inform. So I don't know what's happening to the boys. The boys don't know what's happening to Mm. me. If anything, the teaching is stay away from each other.
1: Yes, because when you come together...
0: (laughs) Something bad will will happen. Something bad. (laughs) Something bad. Mm. Um, How do you think we can approach... How much information is relevant and how can we approach integrating information about the other gender to the other, like the opposites? So that we have, again, I'll point out on an example that's very common, commonplace. Men having a partner, a wife, a partner, a girlfriend, whatever the the terminology, the the label, Mm -hmm. who doesn't understand the period. He doesn't understand menstruation and her period. At all, we can't even talk about sanitary wear. Forget that I'm on my period, yes.
1: So, you only know about the red <laughs> robot because of the ad when we were much younger that is actually blue, <laughs> and
0: you know what always is because you've yeah. seen as, except me, my biggest problem growing up. May I thought you yeah. pour ink into those things because for the longest time, blue fluid is yes. poured on it and it shows you it holds it then. You're being told no, no. It's supposed to catch blood. I'm like, no, no. Make it make no. sense. <laughs> it's, for it's ink. ink. <laughs> it's my ink pad. <laughs> yes, it's my ink pad. Yeah, and not it's, my sanitary pad. Again, we understand yeah. there were sanitizing because you couldn't actually demonstrate blood because it's taboo. Mm-hmm. But then it's it's detrimental a narrative in the long run. So how would you suggest we start to approach conversations around each other's bodies? Because if we're going to teach consent, I also need to understand. basics of what's happening
1: with the Mm -hmm. opposite gender Mm -hmm. um I like the some of the songs that are coming out of nursery school Mm -hmm. don't touch my private parts my private parts my private parts and I'm always in awe yeah Yeah. in terms of wow because they have understood (laughs) their general areas that nobody Nobody is supposed to touch and it's the same for boys and girls when they're much younger Um, but then we don't see the same songs happening in high school, Mm -hmm. but then they're taught over and over again. Mm. So they know for both boys and girls, there are certain areas you're not supposed to touch. And Mm. that starts as early as nursery school. So shout out to the teachers
2: who who created
1: that song. Um, but then, uh, fast forward, um, with CBC, I know there are certain elements that are being brought out in terms of development. Mm. Um, But then being able to have open conversations. I Mm. know um, because of that taboo aspect and there are certain things you shouldn't talk about with Mm. the opposite sex Mm. and so they're separated separated. and put in separate rooms. But then it's really important to have these are the things that both 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 sets of sexes need to understand about the changes Mm -hmm. and the reason why you need to be aware that during a girl's period they're likely to be like this. Mm -hmm. They're likely to have this. Mm -hmm. So, yes, they might stain their clothes Mm -hmm. in school by the time they figure out how many times do I change my sanitary, whatever you're using. Um, And that takes a little bit of time. And for you learning, okay, Mm. instead of laughing at this person, just looking out for them. And the reverse happening for boys because... Again, you may not be having a growth spot, your voice might not be deepening at Mm. the same time Mm. and everybody sort of goes through it at a different different point, but then also just not picking on them. But like we're always saying that a lot of young people will make fun of each other Mm. and that sort of thing, Mm. but we need to now shift that a bit in terms of just being sensitive to the fact that we're not all changing at the same time time, and we need to be mindful that everybody sort of has their own rhythm. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That's one way I'd look at it. Right. Mm.
0: So then I'll take us into menstruation, but not the typical aspect. Because we all (laughs) talk about when a period should start, what it means, what it looks like. I'm looking more towards the, yes, my period has come. I'm a young girl. My mum, hopefully, my teacher somewhere told me what to expect. Mm-hmm. But then a lot of things, and I'm sure you see the same, will get teens come in with their parent or bring be brought in because they don't have what is referred to as a regular period. Mm. Um, or what does regularity mean? Or how long should a period be at that age? Yeah. Maybe we can touch a bit on those specific points of yeah. your period and then how to monitor so that you know whether you're within the normal versus not yeah. in the normal.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, I always tell people they should have a nice ca- calendar mm-hmm. out, um, but then we're starting to see girls getting periods as early as eight years. Yeah. Like yeah. you said, before it was 10 to 12, mm. but slowly it has shifted to eight years. Mm. So what we typically say is that if um, breasts have developed, mm-hmm. but within four years of developing your breasts, you've not had a period, mm-hmm. please go and see the doctor. Right. Okay. And in terms of the doctor, you could see you could see a gynecologist, mm. you um could see a pediatrician, you could see a pediatric endocrinologist, mm-hmm. and this is a specialist who looks at the hormone the profile yeah. for children mm. and then start from there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So um, and then if you've had if you've actually not even had a period at all, let's let's put a number at around 15, 16. Mm-hmm like if you don't remember that four-year story, by 15, 16, if you've not had a period, please ask your parent to take you to the doctor.
2: Mm.
1: Uh, Wherever the doctor might be closest to you, and just tell them my period hasn't started and I'm 16 years old. Mm. So it's important for us to be able to know that. Typically, what we like to do, again, Mm -hmm. is look at what your cycle looks like. Mm. So when your period starts, the connection between your brain and your reproductive organs is still maturing. Mm-hmm. And so you may have a regular rhythm or mm-hmm. a regular cycle. Mm-hmm. However, there are times where yani, it throws out the book yeah, in, in that it sense, just, it's still growing and yeah, figuring out- Yeah, the
0: wires are still crossing and the wires forming. The so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. So that
0: first um,
1: couple of years, mm-hmm. they may have an irregular period mm-hmm. where this month it came, the next time it came was after three months, yeah. and
2: that is that normal. Is okay. yeah.
1: The thing I usually tell girls is just have pads in your bag Mm -hmm. or have tampons or whatever it is that you use. Have it in your bag Mm -hmm. and always just be aware of what typically happens Mm -hmm. around the time of your period. Mm -hmm. Do you have a pain in your lower abdomen? Mm -hmm. Do you tend to have a backache? Do your boobs ache? Mm -hmm. Just be mindful of those things and note them down because chances are the next time your cycle is coming, they usually will show you similar signs. signs. So that first couple of years... Just monitor what's happening Mm -hmm. so that now we're able to see what the cycle is. And what we're saying is in those couple of years, it's not always regular. Regular, And regular meaning like every month Mm -hmm. on the money. Mm -hmm. It's not always that way. So after those first couple of years, now, if you're not on a regular cycle, which means like you can say every Twenty five days. Or every yeah, thirty yeah. days.
0: So the I'll just give out the normal range yeah. being between twenty one to thirty five day cycles. Yes. And that's counted from one period, the first day of one period to the first day of the next period. So yeah. that's just how to know what we are calling a cycle. A cycle. Yes, <laughs> I think that's important just yeah, to define yeah. before we go further. Yeah. yeah.
1: So that cycle. If you're finding that you're skipping that cycle, mm. or now you can't even predict what's happening, mm. it's really important to go and see the doctor. Mm-hmm. Um And the only way you'll know that is if you record it somewhere. Mm-hmm. There are people who say, uh
0: <laughs> that uh, <Listen>. could
1: change <laughs> every the, uh, time
0: because, because women in general, things. young and older." They walk into the office of the gynecologist. Ah. You know the first question I'll ask you guys. You're, I'm pretty sure we are clear. Yes, we've we've gotten bashed as doctors that the only thing we are interested in about a woman is her period, her reproductive cycle, and we're like, no, no. I wish you understood that it's not social. It's not. I'm judging you based off. I actually Correct. need that information yes. because I have to think about the symptoms you're presenting with in context of your cycle, mm-hmm. regardless of what the symptoms are. I have mm-hmm. to rule out such things. Mm-hmm. So again, let me push back a little bit, guys. <laughs> We're not just interested in the period or your, the first day of your last period for the politics of mm-hmm. it. It's literally part of a healthy woman's normal being as yeah. a person. And this affects so many organ systems, and yes. that's why it's relevant. Yes. So, yes, yeah, sorry. I interrupted no, you. No, 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 <laughs> Because no. I was like, yo.
1: <laughs> it's really important. It's <laughs> yeah. really important. And and we're not saying it has to be an app. Because there are guys who are like, and I don't have a phone. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. At the beginning of every year, there are diaries sold. Mm-hmm. And you can get a pocket size mm-hmm. one that you just circle the first the day. The first
0: day, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. we're not
1: saying... Apps are there, they're fantastic. Mm. But for someone who's in school, you're not allowed to use a phone. Mm. You can either the calendar you've been given mm-hmm. or your diary. Yeah, your
0: diary, because that I remember diaries had a calendar yeah, yeah. on them. Yeah. 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 And you just
1: circle. Yeah. It's yours. You circle it. You're able to um then see what your pattern is like. Mm. So that diary or the calendar, mm. and just mark it. Mm-hmm. Um and for those ones who think uh, you know, in terms of finances and planning yourself. Once you see what your cycle is like, when you're doing shopping for back to schools, you know you can tell. You know,
0: exactly. Yeah. Uh,
1: five <laughs> packets will be, will enough, be enough, or exactly, they'll yeah. not be enough. Yeah. So that sort of thing, and it's really important that you've mentioned the other things happening on the inside mm. that we need to know what's happening. Mm-hmm. So the thing with homos, especially estrogen, Mm -hmm. estrogen helps your bones. Mm -hmm. Like it's setting the bone bank, as we put it. And in that decade, we want to set it up, vizuri. Mm. If you don't, like if we don't figure out what your period is looking like, Mm. if it's helter-skelter all over the place, or you're not having a period at all, On the back end of things or behind the curtain, Mm. your bones are also suffering for it. And so for the people who want to be able to hike, Mm -hmm. the people who want to run and do all these big things, Mm. or even better yet, In old age, we want to make sure that your bones remain healthy and you're not having bones that look like they're made of sand and have holes all over them and you can easily get fractures. So we are a very active nation. Mm. We like to marathon. People Mm -hmm. like to walk Mm -hmm. and run and do all these amazing things. One of the biggest investments for Men and women, because there's still estrogen and testosterone being produced, Mm. is your bones Mm. in your teen years. So it's important for us, while you're being asked about Periods for girls and even for boys. Ask we usually will ask about the size. Mm-hmm. Have you started having wet dreams? Mm-hmm. That tells us that something is starting, starting to happen. To happen. Yeah. Then now on the back end, we're like, okay, mm. your bones are off to a good start. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's one of the things that I always find people don't consider. Yeah. Um, Bone yeah. health,
0: um, cardiovascular health, because right. that's a big uh, another big area that estrogen plays a key part in. Yeah, and then skin. Because again, we know some of the changes that happen with teens is acne. Primarily, um, it can be facial, sometimes it's chest, back. But then if you're not addressing the fact that the period has been irregular or just didn't start at all, Mm -hmm. and there's a skin issue and we just keep going in that direction without looking at what else could be changing, you'll find that sometimes it's a hormonal issue that's giving you all these other systemic issues. So it's important to track, like you said. If you have the ability to use an app, just learn the app that you have. A lot of them are free. So if you have a phone Mm. that has the capacity, you can start to use an app as well. If not a calendar and just mark the first day. Start to see what your pattern is. Is your period longer? Is it shorter? Is Mm. it did it go from mine started at seven days and I was like, yo. (laughs) A whole week? What are we doing? (laughs) What are we doing? Which means, wow. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was rough. And I'm in boarding school, it was rough. (laughs) And then growing up, it settled and it's like a four-day period and that's Mm -hmm. become the normal. So again, you're also going to be tracking these changes. And it's Mm -hmm. important, I think, for people to understand, even as a parent, see what's your child's original starting point and then track what their normal becomes. We don't need to rush in to see the doctor every single time. But then if you have a calendar that's showing you something is off, mm. now you know you don't have to wait any longer. Yeah. You can come with evidence and say, something is off. I'd like us to investigate a bit further. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And and, and we're in a setting where people can do a walk in appointment and just yeah, be able to exactly. come in. We're really
0: a- blessed that way. I don't think Kenyans no, realize. we don't
1: realize. There are places can, where you have to be referred by somebody else true, to go to a doctor. That you even
0: have access to the specialist is yes. already a big deal. Yes,
1: Direct. Direct
0: access. Yes. So instead of going to a GP to figure out whether you'll be referred or not, and then you don't have a waiting time of 16 months to see said specialist. No. We are very blessed that way. So yeah. you can actually, you're very empowered to be able to come in and pick and choose which doctor if yeah. you're comfortable with and then start the journey with them.
1: Yes. And this is a public and private setting. Yeah, that's We're true. not just talking about true. like one sector. Yeah. This is been public and private. Yeah. Of course, for public, you may wait a bit longer, but you will be seen. You will be
0: seen. Nobody will send you home. Yes.
1: <laughs> Usually people will see yeah. and, and um, see what plan needs to be in place. Yeah. And you're on your track to being sorted out. True.
0: Mm. So, we've talked about the physical changes, puberty itself, a lot. Mm-hmm. I'd like to redirect the conversation a little bit to the psychosocial and emotional changes to expect. And this is across all our preteens, teens. Mm-hmm. Um, what what would you say is expected within the normal ranges?
1: Okay. Mm. So, the psychosocial changes are the one thing that doesn't have a number mm-hmm. per se, mm-hmm. but it has an experience. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And I say that because one day, suddenly, their parents were like, why aren't they listening? Why are they behaving like this?" I used to have
0: such a good child. We used to have such
1: a good child. Now they are just moody. And we get that a lot. Mm. Um, But then the thing I always like to remind people is that um, the brain is also growing and maturing. Mm -hmm. And the emotional part of the brain Mm -hmm. of the young person develops much faster Mm. than The prefrontal cortex, which is involved in all our Mm decision-making, our rationalization, our Mm -hmm. impulse control, Mm -hmm. that's where that happens. So the part where you feel all the feelings, Mm -hmm. the part where you, when you're happy, it's like very, very, Very extremely happy, is developing much faster Mm -hmm. than the part of the brain that says, Calm down, Calm down, slow down. Yeah. And the easiest example I give people is remember your first love, mm. your first crush, Yo. and how hey. your heart
0: felt you like, like, you it is hey. Yummy, hey. like you could the eat it. Feelings. <laughs> That's the <best> way. <laughs> and some heart... of us, our crushes were celebrities. So you built stories and upon stories. And if that <laughs>
1: person passed, you can barely breathe because
0: your, Cause your
1: emo- <laughs> the emotional part of your brain was developed yeah. even faster than the part of your brain that could say,
2: calm, calm down, down. Yeah. take
1: a minute. Yeah. Versus if you're having uh, a love experience in your 30s or 40s, it, it's exciting, yeah. but I can but bet also- you it is not as exciting <laughs> yeah. as when you are 15 True. years old. And, and that's to say that that part develops much faster. Mm. And so they feel a lot more Mm -hmm. um, deeply. They are more introspective. They're Mm -hmm. thinking about themselves. They're thinking about where they fit in Mm -hmm. with things a lot Mm -hmm. more.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And then that's on the one side. So people talk about the moody side, Mm -hmm. but people also forget to mention the creative side. So for a lot of people, that's when they really flex in their creativity Mm -hmm. and trying to see, can I solve this problem? Mm -hmm. They really, um, that's the best place to learn. And even. When you think about our curriculums in high school, it really gets to stretch us in terms of math. There are things we did in math and Mm -hmm. physics and chemistry that some people (laughs) have a lot of regret. But then also in the moment, you there was that correctless abandon in learning. And that's a great space Mm. for people to be, especially when you are in transition. And so there's that bit happening. Mm. So they're thinking about, who they are, Mm -hmm. and they're trying to relate who they are with where they belong in Mm -hmm. the world. Mm -hmm. And they're not always able to do that within that family cycle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you find that a lot of them pull away from being with family so much and are more with their peers and want to create those relationships and interactions. And I always tell parents, I'm not saying let them go, Mm. but just be mindful of the changing dynamics Mm -hmm. that you're not as cool as you used to be. be.
2: Um,
1: And that's okay. That's normal development. Just the same way, we don't expect to hold back a child who's starting to learn how to stand and walk and say, no, sit down. I'm used to sitting in one place. So in the same way for teenagers, we don't expect them to just remain in the same place. Mm. So that those peer relationships Mm. are key. Someone is telling people, please, between the option of being at school and being at home, Mm. please let them go to school. Mm -hmm. Let them interact with other people. Let them learn how to problem solve in relationships, that interpersonal relationships, conflict resolution. Mm. That will only happen In the social social spaces spaces, outside of the home. Because in the home, I can predict mom, dad are like this, my siblings. But I've learned them to the point where I know
0: how to talk to this one, I know the trigger words, (laughs) and I know the
1: ones where I can get X, Y, Z. So there's that piece to Mm. it. The other thing is that they are getting more grounded in their identity, their Mm -hmm. self-identity, their sexual identity. Mm -hmm. That's when now they're really trying to figure that out. Mm -hmm. The other thing is the values. Mm -hmm. And so that's why a lot of religious organizations in high school have such a
0: deep, deep impact. I'm still imprinted by Don (laughs) Moen's music, let me tell you, because in high school, In high school, right? Everywhere you went, that's what you had. Yeah. And that's the time when, for you, you're trying to figure out what does religion mean? Where do I stand? What's my faith? What are my beliefs? Right. Then that's the information that's coming in. It's imprinted properly.
1: It's imprinted. (laughs) But then, like you said, that's the place where we ask all those questions.
0: And again, these are
1: lovely places to be able to engage in conversation. And as they're getting, you know, rooted in their values, Mm. being able, as a parent, To expose them Mm -hmm. to particular Places and circles mm. that you'd want that are positive influences, True. whether that's in a particular, you know, a religious community mm. or in a particular club, because mm. there are different places that you can get these value systems yeah. from, yeah. or even in your home and, you know, your extended family, you guys, yeah. there's a certain, there's thing, a certain that,
0: thing that pulls you guys together. Yes. Then this is the time.
1: Then this is the time. Yeah. The sense of family, the sense of togetherness, mm. being able to look out for each other, have each other's backs. Mm. Those, those values, mm. that's the time. Yeah. To be able to put them in. Yeah. The other thing that I always tell people is that they're shifting from being very rule. I will follow mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you know yeah. when they're younger, you can say teacher. I will okay. tell teacher. And, and they knows. know. And they stop. And they see. And, and they, they stop. They... And they see. Like, Where <laughs> yeah. the rules. Yeah. But teenagers, Mm -mm. their brains, again, are changing. So their thinking is what we call more abstract. Mm. So they're like, this is the rule. Why is the rule here?
0: Explain. Explain it
1: to me. And so it's good to engage in those conversations. Mm. Don't look at it like they're being unruly. Mm. That's, again, part of their development. I'm not saying... Let people just run wild. No, of course not. But then also understand where they are developmentally, and so that means a kind of conversation and the kind of um, warnings or the kind of information that you exchange with Mm -hmm. them changes. Mm -hmm. So you don't come up to somebody and just say because I've said because I've
0: said that's the biggest cause of rebellion. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you're going to lead to a battle over something that could have, if you'd work the politics properly.
1: Yes, if negotiate. you want, people post- <laughs> negotiate, have a conversation, yeah, yeah. and so what we've started seeing. Um, there had been uh, a national survey that had been done for drugs in 2022 mm-hmm. that looked at guys between age 15 and 65, mm-hmm. and what we noticed is that for a lot of substances like alcohol, tobacco, all mm-hmm. that, uh, 15 to 17, the percentage was a lot lower. Then mm-hmm. it jumps up by times five. Mm-hmm anecdotally I think that is
0: mm-hmm.
1: that is the reason is because of that thing because I've said, because I said because yeah. you're in, it's my a house, rule in this house because you're in this yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: which protects them at 15 to 17 but you've not set them up for success exactly. 18 to 24 sure. because they're like hey when I leave sure. this house yeah when the I leave minute the school, I have freedom you know yeah. so you need to start having those conversations mm. and engaging with them, however uncomfortable it is, mm. so that they're better structured yeah. for making their own decisions when they're out of your house, true. when they're going to tertiary education. I'm true. always telling parents now when they're going to Kampo or they're going to formal employment is when you get to see the values you put in this that person. That is so true.
0: That because so true.
1: they go into this strange new place where everybody has their own yeah, north yeah. and value system. Yeah. Once in a while, you'll get a few similar places where you're like, I flow with these guys. Mm-hmm. But then they, they a lot of them come back to a... Eh, Mm. This is the thing I've been told Mm -hmm. about work ethic. This is the conversation we'd had about uh, alcohol or drugs or whatever. And I need to get home safe because tomorrow I want to come back to this place and do the things that I love. So that abstract thinking Mm. is a goldmine for parents, Mm -hmm. for teachers, Mm -hmm. for people who want to mentor. That is a sweet spot. So I'm always telling guys, don't be afraid of it. Engage with it. it, And then what you don't know, you tell them you don't know.
0: Because be honest. Say, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Be yeah, yeah, yeah. honest. Because also you're forgetting these days we have the internet.
1: Yeah. The, the
0: internet. But the internet also. their fingertips.
1: <laughs> yes. It's at their fingertips, but it will vomit whatever. Exactly.
0: So exactly. You, so you, if you say something from the moon, I mean, it'll be what? Half a minute before yes. I have the actual answer.
1: The actual answer. <laughs> the actual statistics. Yeah. And so even I have had to learn as a clinician mm. to make sure I have the facts. True.
0: So that True. when you're
1: having those conversations and you decide to throw me a random number, I'm mm. like, "Huh? Where yeah. did you get that number yeah. from? Let's talk about it." Yeah. So, those are some of the developments that end up happening. And mm-hmm. that's why I've said it's not a I'm very sorry. It's not a, <laughs> it's not a, um it's not a hard and fixed thing. Yeah. And so, while their development is happening, it doesn't mean that immediately you see boobs. Then now is when they start thinking abstract immediately. Mm. There's a bit of overlap. Yeah. And a lot of the scientists who look at puberty and adolescent development, mm. that's the thing that's so frustrating. Nothing mm-hmm. is fixed at one place. Yeah. And so we call it all transition. Right. And so for you as the parent or the teacher or the person who's in charge of young people, mm. you need to roll with the punches, yeah. but you're not rolling with the punches alone. Like we True. said in the beginning, mm-hmm. that's why we are here. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're stuck please come and say, hey, Dr. Claire, I am stuck. I'm stuck. Because these are the (laughs) questions that keep coming to me. Someone is telling the nurses, school nurses, please talk to us. Mm. Where you're stuck, please talk to us. There are some schools that are fortunate to have a doctor. Mm. Great. Mm. The hospitals around you and the clinical settings around you are there to support you.
2: Exactly. Are
1: there to support you. And even when you think about the government's move towards primary health care is to be able to support that
0: Mm. so that
1: we can prevent other issues later Later, on. yeah.
0: Yeah, because, again, it's a very formative time for young adults. It's a time where, like you said, they're exploring, they're discovering, they're learning, they're trying to figure out themselves. And I think it's also a beautiful time because culturally, it's like you said, children should be seen, not heard. But also, we don't have a culture where children have an opinion. There's no such thing as a child voicing an opinion. And yet as scary as it is for a parent, your children will get to a point where they, they are going to fight for their independence. You can support it or you can fight it as scary as it is for you. And you're thinking, oh my God, now tomorrow they're leaving my nest and I kept them safe. Instead of a hard no, I said, so ask a question. A common battle we have is clean your room, for example. Why? Because I said so. No, no, how about, we've talked about hygiene. How does it help you to be hygienic? How does it keep you healthy? How does it keep you safe? Mm. And then how do you want to do it? How about I support you as your mom? Me, I want a clean room. You see, how you you do it, (laughs) I'll have guided you. But I should not police and say it has to be done at this time, like this Get them into their own understanding get it's it's the time you can mold the adults that you're hoping they will be yeah because now when they go to uni and there's a room for them to clean on their own
1: and they've <laughs> had and they've had mom or dad wah, 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 wah. let me tell you <laughs> wah, 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 wah. when they yeah. come when they close that door <laughs> The rest of us suffer for yeah. it. Let yeah, me just say true. for free. That's true. We're the ones who suffer for it. So it's really important. Just have the conversation with them. Yeah. I'm not saying be permissive. Mm. That's not what we're yeah, saying. True. We're saying, okay, what's the issue?
0: Yeah.
1: I'm having an issue with time management. Great. Let's sit down. Let's have yeah. that discussion. Let's
0: converse about Let's that. Let's have this yeah. discussion.
1: How are we going to do this? Because at the end of the day, I don't want you catching things from your floor. Yeah. Your floor yeah, should not yeah. be the, thing, the place where you get infections <laughs> exactly. from yeah. um, or keeping your pads for up to a month. The stench is ridiculous because it's blood and tissue and bacteria. Right. Now, yeah. none what of us can doing? be in yeah. this space. What are yeah. we doing? Yeah. So, you know, things like that. But then I also, again, we had talked about the physical changes and things that you need to start doing from before. Mm. You can't suddenly wake up one morning and start expecting a guy to wash his boxers and you hadn't been teaching them for, to do it from much earlier. Sure. Sure. And so I think about um, how for a lot of young boys and girls, mm-hmm. girls, we are beaten until that stain is out. Yeah. <laughs> until that stain is yeah. out. It doesn't matter yeah. what color that stain mm-hmm. was. It could have been rust. Yeah. It could have been blood. Yeah. Whatever it is yeah. you're... But for a lot of boys, it's shut up and done. And done. If, so,
0: if, if the boy washes his own. If he does. If he does. Because the girls, it's yeah. it's like, it has to be you. Yeah. You're the one. It's your hygiene. It's for you. This yeah. is you. It is you to take care of it. This is how you take care of your bras and your panties.
1: And this is, it's not been the same for all. Let me not, let me not give a blanket yeah, statement. True. But for a lot of A lot of boys, it wasn't always that. There's always that strict parent who's like, everyone everyone in this house. (laughs) (laughs) True. You will learn these things. So it's the simple things of washing your underwear.
0: And starting, like you said, from earlier on, let this not be something we wake up at 15 and suddenly it's a new rule.
1: Yes. No, no. It's (laughs) suddenly a new rule. You must shower every day. Um, Um. Of course, I'm going to push back. Of course, you're going to push back (laughs) if you've not been showering every day and optionally showering every other day or whatever. But if I'd known, like, this is what we do all the time. Mm,
0: And I understand why it benefits me, the one you're asking to clean myself. Yeah. Why is it beneficial to me? Because me, I'm feeling cold. Yes. So if you say it's a rule, friend. Or I don't have time. (laughs) I've actually had young people come into the clinic and they're like,
1: bro, I don't have Time because of the schedule of oh, the day, right. yeah, yeah. And by the time We're it's time to shower, yeah. it's already time for me to go and study. Mm. And then now, the next thing you're having this the person sleeping super duper late, yeah. And then, when when are you yeah. actually expecting to sleep person? in and shower? Yes, if you think about it, yeah. yeah sleep yeah. in so that I'm able to stay awake in class, yeah. and so those balances as well. Mm. And again, for parents, it's not just engaging the young person, it's engaging the environments they're in. Mm -hmm. So schools and some of the bedtimes they set for people and waking up times, Mm -hmm. being able to have a conversation and say, can we extend this so that at least they're functional during yeah. the day? Because yeah. some of those bedtimes and waking up times, I know we're talking about menstruation but and, and also puberty. But then part of that puberty mm. is a sleep cycle. Mm. And the thing with the sleep cycle is that it gets longer for teenagers. True. And the reason they need a longer one is because they're growing at that yeah, point in time. They're not just
0: lazy. They're not Do you lazy? remember that being the narrative? Oh my gosh, this one sleeps till 10 as if or 12 as if as if as if and as if yes <laughs> that is how their brain that's how they're growing is, that's how they're growing yeah. and
1: so it has extended beyond that mm. and so while they cannot sleep until 12 noon yeah. in school having them sleep at 11 p.m. or 12 p.m. 12 midnight and then having them wake up at 4 a.m. is also yeah, not helpful also to not their growing yeah, brain yeah. and if you want those marks the way people keep yeah, saying that. We, want the, top we want the top students. <laughs> Imagine the way to top students is letting them sleep. Yeah. True. Proper sleep. Mm. And that then sorts out everything. Everything else.
0: physical and developmental changes will fall into place at that point. Yeah. I think we've had a very in depth conversation today. <laughs> yes. And we've done our best to keep the jargon out. Cindy,
1: <laughs> I kept it down to two. <laughs> I should have got asked for a price. But you also explained them. DNA. So we've
0: done very well. we have tried. Um, the k- argument that comes, not the politics, the semantics, yeah. who should you see? Do yeah. I go to a pediatrician? When I'm a teenager and I'm having issues, yeah. do I go to a pediatrician or am I too old for a pediatrician? Do I go to a gynecologist or am I too young for a gynecologist? When is the right time to go in? What's your opinion? What's your take on that?
1: I like this question because <laughs> it feels like a trick question. <laughs> is it all the above? None it, of the above? None
0: of the above. A and B Choice and not C? A, ours were A too. E. A to E. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um
0: I think
1: if you have access to be able to see a doctor, mm-hmm. whether that's general mm-hmm. or specialized, mm-hmm. I would I would I would recommend to go for it. Mm-hmm. Um it's never too early to see the gynaecologist. I think as long as you have a reproductive issue, mm-hmm. please yeah. see your gynecologist. True. You're not likely to store them. That's their training. She said it this system. time, not me,
0: guys. She said it this time. I don't know how many times I've repeated that statement. It takes a lot. Okay.
1: It takes a lot to to you. Gen show.
0: Z have been trying. No, no, no.
1: But still, but it
0: takes a lot. It still takes a lot.
1: <laughs> then, um, in our in our setting, mm-hmm. in in pediatrics we are trained to take care of people till 18, mm. right? Yeah. But more people are comfortable with 12 and below. Yeah. But then that doesn't mean that there are pediatricians out there who don't see them till age 18. True, and I know true. pediatricians who still see them even after even 18 as, yeah, yeah, because yeah. you have a relationship Again, true. This, with your patient. You've grown up with this person. This person so this knows is your history. With, and, yeah. and that's what I hear a lot of people saying, I hey, this person knows my history, now mm. I don't want to move. Yeah. So I would say the pediatrician can. Mm. And now... Um, uh, case in point, I've done adolescent medicine mm. in terms of being able to take care of teens and young people. Yeah. So I'm not stumped and you're not too old. Yeah. Um, I know there's some settings where they're like, no, us guys don't necessarily like the the, the child setting and everything right. like that. Yeah. And we're doing our best to figure out what adolescent-friendly spaces look like. Mm. And so it's not sh- must you go to the gynecologist, must you yeah. go to the pediatrician, yeah. why don't you go to a doctor? Yeah.
0: Start somewhere. Start
1: somewhere. Then when we review, then we're able to say, you know what... This is outside my area of specialty. Mm. Why don't I refer you? True. And then we don't send you on a wild goose chase. Yeah, yes. yeah. More it's often than not, specific. we send you yeah. very specifically yeah. for, the, for the need. Yeah. Because even the things that we've talked about today, some things are handled by gynecologists. Mm-hmm. Some things are handled by endocrinologists. True. And then there are some things where there are pediatricians who've seen them enough yeah. um, or adolescent medicine specialists have seen them enough yeah. to say, I'm comfortable managing this. True. So... Just see the doctor.
0: Go, go in. See, see someone. See <laughs> somebody. And,
1: and then, then don't wait till things are, are bad. bad. That's, that's what I was going to say next. next. How come we used to be able to take kids for vaccinations? Luckily, <laughs> <laughs> like, you, know, you won't come just for <laughs> a checkup. That's
0: you were told to do. <laughs> Yes, we are rule followers, <laughs> culturally. <laughs> culturally, we are
1: rule followers. And Why don't we create a new rule?
0: Yeah, and say. And say, come
1: for your checkup. Yeah.
0: Preventive medicine, guys. Yeah, Imagine we are trained in preventive as well as curative. Correct. And let's stop waiting because sometimes you're waiting so late that something, yeah. especially when it comes to the endocrinology, the hormonal changes that are right. happening at that time, sometimes you're waiting so late that it's hard for us to catch up. Yeah. with what was missed out when it happened or when it should have been corrected. Right, right. So you put your child at a very big disadvantage because some things may have stunted and we are not able to pick up Yeah, or we're not able to fix at an appropriate time. And so this person has dealt with Now the psychological trauma of that Mm. physical issue or that hormonal issue. So sometimes I think just like you said, come in for a checkup. Let's Mm. be sure everything is okay. Yes. Yeah.
1: And um I know people are asking, so what's the difference between me and Claire? Mm. (laughs) Other than her amazing (laughs) taste in um clothes. Um and looking black don't crack (laughs) (laughs) apart from that. Um in terms of adolescent medicine mm-hmm. we we try and look at the holistic adolescent mm-hmm. um but then now when we find like for instance there are menstrual issues or reproductive issues that require a more detailed a very significant detailed approach yeah. or even to go into a theater for a procedure yeah, procedures
0: as well then
1: you will not find Dr. Jerry in theater yeah. holding appliances to try and sort you out. Uh, no, no. This okay. is where this I is hand where, over. Yes, yes, this that's is where, where I, take I had over. said, please <laughs> take over. Yeah. And we always work as a team. True. I rarely find a certain specialty working so, alone.
0: Yeah. In fact, the most advisable approach towards medicine now is teamwork. So yeah. a multidisciplinary approach. And you can start, like you said, with your GP, with your general doctor, yeah. and they will build a team around you. Correct. So they'll be able to refer you appropriately and then all these specialists are talking to each other right. for the best for result the, for the
1: patient. For the best result. Yeah. And then um and I always say this and and going back to uh, the podcast that I do mm. in Kenya in Africa we're going through a medical education revolution mm-hmm. where there are specialties mm. that we never used to have True. 10, 20 True. years ago. Absolutely, and yeah. so now you have people being able to um, have conversations, do referrals, mm-hmm. like the people I work with, mm-hmm. they're able to specialize on the thing that has brought the child, like a particular part, part. that yeah. they were managing. Yeah. But all the other adolescent things, they call me. They're not me.
0: interested, yeah. They're yeah. Not, yeah. Not
1: that they're not interested. They they simply may not either, A, have the training or the time. Mm-hmm. And so you have an adolescent specialist. Sure. Sure. Please come and see this adolescent about these other things while I'm dealing with this one thing. There was a time we didn't have that. Mm. And now people are able to say, as a specialist, I'm managing this area. Mm-hmm. So like now, um, if there was something that required going into theater, mm-hmm. so you're able to do that. Mm. But all the other things that come up for adolescents, because yeah. we've talked about all these other developmental things, true. you're able to say, Jerry, could you take care, take care of, of these this. things true. and let me focus on the reproductive? And then we're able to work together. Yeah. You work more efficiently, I work more efficiently. True, true. And at the end of the day, the person, the young person, Benefits. doesn't have a burnt-out yeah. clinician yeah. who's trying to fix but they everything. A benefit from the best
0: of both worlds yes, as well. You yeah. have the
1: benefit, yeah. and so let's take advantage of the medical evolution, mm-hmm. the medical education evolution that's happening.
0: Mm. Ask,
1: ask the clinicians: Is there a specialist in this? Mm-hmm. I'm starting to find more and more in Kenya that there are more and more of those specialists. Yeah. They may yeah. not be very many right now, yeah.
2: but they're there. They're there.
1: Um, both for the pediatric world and the adult, adult world. True. Yeah, I, I don't think, um, growing up, I don't think we had a gynecologist specifically focused on cancer issues.
0: No. In fact, mm. we didn't have the subspecialties for the yeah. longest time because now we do. You can go to a gynecologist. In fact, for that, you would probably start with your gynecologist who right. will then refer you appropriately after yeah. we've made a diagnosis. Yeah. We're like, this person does, this This is their specialty, right. this is their focus, and you're better off there. And they yes. will also build a team around you because yeah. nobody works in, no know, one works in alone. a vacuum. Yeah. yeah,
1: no one works in a vacuum. Yeah. So let's take advantage of that. Mm. Go to the hospitals. Um, some of the stats are telling us that 62% of hospitals and clinical spaces in the country mm. are adolescent friendly. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. put us to the test. Yeah. Put those yeah, numbers to, to the, the test. test. And then you go and check out a facility. Put in your comment section. Can I Can I allow them to yeah, put in a comment yeah. section where they can say this was not adolescent <laughs> true, friendly? True.
0: In fact, please do. So yeah. that, again, we are working on statistics that are given yeah. Without the feedback necessarily of the user, yeah,
2: because
0: we will paint a picture of I, this is what I believe to right. be adolescent friendly, so this is what we've created mm-hmm. or curated for them. Yeah, so we want you guys to put us to the test. If you go to a facility and you find uh, it adolescent says youth friendly, friendly but yeah. it's not, yeah, call us out, tell us,
1: call us, <laughs> tell us out, and then tell us what was your expectation yeah. because yeah. then that helps us understand the context to which you're True. saying. Was or yeah, was not, true. and I'm always curious because mm-hmm. there are people who are just like I just don't want to sit with either old people mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. very young people. I want a space for myself, and that's their definition yeah. of adolescent friendly. Yeah.
0: So it would be good to let to, us know, to understand what specific
1: specifics
0: you're looking for,
1: and that helps us give feedback to the healthcare system true. and bring about change. <laughs> the change, to that that
0: that that the to change
1: that we want, the change that we want to see. Yeah,
0: right. Um, I want us to finish off. It's sort of like a lighter note, but then it's a geeky side as well because that's what we are. Oh my days! Deep down, <laughs> I was
1: waiting for this. Deep
0: moment. down. <laughs> deep down. <laughs> um, do you have yeah. any book recommendations? Because a lot of us are readers. A lot of us want to learn from an expert or a specialist yeah. who has written something that gives me as a guide. It helps me get information at my fingertips. I can find a book. You know, we read physically or on an e-book or whatever. Mm. But then, are there books that can be a good reference point for young people as well mm-hmm. as for parents?
1: This is a really good question. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some books that have been written by the Catholic Church on on uh, puberty, right? which I think are are written with simple English Mm -hmm. and they're really good. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sorry, I don't have their titles, but I saw them and I was just like, this is brilliant. Um, Then there's a book called Uology. Where we urology, okay, which talks about puberty for both boys and girls, mm-hmm. um, and I was just like, wow, this mm-hmm. is fantastic. Mm-hmm. My personal favorite is the Vagina Bible.
0: Trick mm-hmm. everyone, <laughs> say that again. <laughs> it's called the Vagina Bible, right?
1: Um, and what I like about this book is that it's it's a gynecologist sitting and doing a lot of myth busting mm-hmm. for a lot of the things that are put online, that yeah. are propagated in, in communities and society, yeah. and goes through it very systematically mm. in very simple language. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would recommend it right. yeah, men and women, mm. because unfortunately, uh, when we talk about the female reproductive organs, hey, a lot of people lie in the leaves. Yeah.
0: yeah so yeah. like the Vagina
1: <laughs> Bible, yeah. I, would, I would recommend. Okay. It's a good read.
0: Okay. I have a few as well because I had to like sit down with this question. Yes. Um, There's one called The Penis Book. (laughs) And again, written by a doctor. Yeah. And like we said, there's a lot of shaming around names of body parts, which shouldn't be the case. Mm. But then I like that these books have been written by experts in the field to simplify in a very simple language to just help you understand what is normal and what is not normal. Yeah what do you expect when changes are happening and yeah. when should I ask for help if I notice something didn't happen on time or something happened too much of? yeah so it talks about um, this this doctor specifically focuses on what is normal about the penis physically mm. as well as functionally okay. so that it takes away the shame around things like erectile dysfunction mm. and um, the sexual developments that can happen um, malformations and Mm -hmm. things that can happen where we have cases of like intersex and the likes. Mm -hmm. So it's a good read for anyone who's, I'd say for everyone. It's for everyone. (laughs) Yeah. For everyone. So So that you sort of understand. Yeah. Cross across. It's not just for was cross
1: pollination information. True. Yeah.
0: And then for the young folks that we are raising in today's world, girls and sex, boys and sex, those are two different books again, by a specialist in the field. Mm. And what I like about her books, um, she's called Peggy. Her books are based on the realities of the time now. The girls and sex approach talks about what girls are dealing with now, mm. what consent looks like, what staying safe looks like, what changes are normal sexuality mm. and physical attraction for her, that mm. experience. And then it looks at boys and navigating the narratives that you're bombarded with, things like porn, things like what society tells you is accurate or not accurate, and breaks it down so that even parents raising children now in a space where the internet is your first to go-to point and Mm. there's things you don't want your kids to look at or read or be exposed to, but again, how much control do you have? So it helps you navigate those conversations from very early on. Mm. I like those books. I remember reading them during my residency, I think. and. Even I, even me who thought I knew, I was like, hmm.
1: We are learning every day.
0: (laughs) We are learning all the time. Every
1: day. Mm. And then
0: you mentioned the Vagina Bible. That's a very, very good one. And then there's period power because I had to find something that has to do with the period. And this one is unique in that it's not just about understanding your cycle. It's understanding how to be your best during the different phases of your cycle. Something I think we overlook, even as experts in the field, even as the professionals, we don't talk to women about energy levels at different time of your cycle, moods and changes with your emotions during different parts of your cycle. Mm. When are you likely to be the most productive? If you're eating to be healthy, mm. what do you change your diet? If you have other underlying medical issues, how does diet apply to them, especially hormonal mm. Um, Uh, issues that may be, I mean, things that may be caused by hormones being all over the place, how does your diet and your lifestyle come into play? Because a lot of the things we deal with, for example, um, polycystic ovarian disease or anything that causes irregular cycles, things like endometriosis and adenomyosis, diet and lifestyle play a huge role. So a book like this just empowers you to understand the changes during Mm -hmm. the cycle. When am I likely to be that athlete at the gym? versus or run the marathon more effectively versus when should I just stay in bed and cuddle a teddy and watch (laughs) a movies. So and take it easy. Yeah. yeah, I think it's better for us to be realistic about what truth looks like and being in the body that you're in, the reality around that, and being brave enough to have these conversations, whether you're a girl or a boy, whether it's mom or dad, can Mm -hmm. we just make this a bit more normalized Mm -hmm. that I don't have to, if my girl starts her period and it's her dad who is there, why can't they have a conversation? Why can't they already have navigated this space? Because yeah. if we are not safe, if the two of us as the parents, if both parents are present, yeah. are not her safe space or his safe space, then, then, then who? who? <laughs> yes. then who? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's where I'll leave this episode. And I just want to say a big thank you to you, Dr. Njeri. um We're going to still come back to adolescent sexual reproductive health but other aspects later on mm-hmm. and i think today has been such an informative episode people need to like rewatch and take notes and then leave comments and engage yeah. with us a bit more so that we can answer any further questions um if we get enough of them i'll have her back sooner <laughs>
1: Yes, please, please have me back. I like to talk.
0: Yay. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) So um, just once again, thank you so much for sitting through this whole episode. And I hope you've picked up quite a bit of knowledge, a better understanding, even for yourself as a parent, understanding your own body and the things that were missed out maybe as you were growing up and you're able to arm yourself better for the child that you're raising. For those who are not yet parents let it be information for yourself and the people around you so please share widely um, leave a comment reach out in the dms or on email all the details will be in the description box for myself as well as for dr njeri and i look forward to seeing you guys again for next week's episode so stay tuned and keep watching stroke listening